Welcome to 100 Stories of Hope. I'm your host, Anne Buckland, and I'm here with Mercy Ships UK Volunteer Recruitment Manager, Ropa. Hi, Ropa. Hi, Anne. Really excited to share my story today. Well, thanks so much for joining me. And I'm just going to do a little, as soon as we're both Mercy Ships, I'm going to do a little plug for Mercy Ships, which we're doing this challenge in aid of today. Mercy Ships exist to bring hope and healing to people who most need it and exist because two out of three people in the world cannot access the surgery that they need. Um, So they do this through hospital ships, through training and through partnerships. So Ropa, we've been talking a lot about hope. Um, I think particularly now as we emerge from lockdown a lot of people are using the word hope but it's almost becoming everybody's using it so what does it mean um and I just thought it was a great chance to explore what hope looks like to people and we've all first day into the challenge we've already been on quite a journey um and realizing it just it it's such a multifaceted word that means something unique and special to each one of us um So I want to start by asking you, what does hope look like to you? Okay, so hope for me, um, I think there's there's a few different examples, but what it looks like for me in this, you know, particular case is, I guess, being seen from a from a distance is how I describe it. Um, So, yeah, so I was thinking of kind of a story of, of a time when. I really just needed some hope. And and this one came to mind. It's a little bit kooky, a little bit crazy, um, <laughs> but I'll share it anyway. So okay. this happened a few years back. Um, you know, I'd gone on a music festival, which was in Paris. So I live in Birmingham, by the way, in the UK. So there was this festival that was happening. It's happening in the summer. And of course, being, you know, kind of relative, you know, a, a little while out of uni, I thought, hey, it'd be a great idea to get the coach rather than fly because it's crazy expensive, right? At the height of summer. Yep. So somehow, crazily enough, I managed to convince one of my really good friends to get on the coach with me. So we spent hours. I have no idea how many hours it was. We spent hours on the coach. Um, went for this festival. Absolutely amazing. We come back again. So the part, the kind of the part where hope comes in for me is on the journey back. Um, so what I'd done was I'm a very organized person. So I had my I, I had two ID documents, one for obviously traveling and then one I uh, that was my passport. And then I had my license, my driving license for, you know, getting checked for ID, that sort of thing. So me being me, I thought it'd be really clever to put both of them in the same place. So in a little pouch and I didn't want to put it in my main bag. No idea why. Um, so I kept this little pouch on me. So on the way back from Paris, we, you know, stop at the at the border. We go out to get our documents checked. We come back in. I fall asleep because I'm really tired and, you know, think nothing of it. Now, again, me being very organized, I'd arranged uh, my arrival coach coming into London and uh, London Victoria Coach Station. And the next coach had left like a six hour gap just in case of delays and that sort of thing. So we arrive on time. Everything's great. And then I say to my friend, listen, rather than hanging around here for six hours, you know, sitting on those really uncomfortable chairs, if anyone has has ever been to London, (laughs) Victoria, really uncomfortable, normally just like prop up your bag and have a little nap. So I thought, hey, why don't we just go to the coach, um, the next one leaving from London to Birmingham, and we can ask the driver, if you've got a couple of spare seats, um, can we jump on? Because I've done it before. Normally, you can just show your ticket and they let you on. So that's what we're doing. And the driver says, you know, so we're just leaving about 10 minutes. And he says, yeah, that's fine. I'll just wait and see if, um, you know, any more seats are going to get filled up. And if not, the two of you ladies can jump on. And we said, wonderful, that's cool. So what happens now is um, (laughs) this is where hope comes in. So um, now I'm a very curious person. If I see, you know, like the authorities, like the police or an ambulance somewhere, I'm that person who will be kind of like poking my head around the corner to see what's happening. So I then see two police officers um, coming up to the coach. So we're standing on the side of the coach outside, me and my friend, and I see two police officers coming. 
um, and they're holding something uh, and it becomes very obvious very quickly that they're looking for someone, right? So it turns out, um, so they then have a chat with their bus driver and I can't hear what they're saying. So again, me being the curious me, I then lean over um, to see who it is that they're looking for because one of the police officers was holding something in his hand. And then I said, um, excuse me, officer, that's me? It turns out that the police officer was holding my passport and he was looking for, um, because again, I put my passport and my driver's license together. So he was looking for um, someone traveling to Birmingham, this girl called Ropa, because she'd left her passport and her license in a little pouch somewhere. So then I'm like, this is unbelievable. But I said, excuse me, this is going to sound crazy, but that's me. And then I said, where did you get my passport from? Um, so anyway, it then turns out that at some point I must have dropped the little pouch, which I thought was super secure. I must have dropped it in the coach somewhere. Um, and yeah, incredible. And then obviously the coach driver had then done a sweep, handed it immediately to the police. So while um, I would have just spent six hours waiting, chilling, and probably realized when I got home that, wait, I don't have my passport and my license, like all my ID documents. I thought, hey, let me just go to the next coach traveling to Birmingham, see what's happening. And that to me, honestly, like even thinking of that story, like as I was thinking about this, it just brings goosebumps to me because that was at a time when I was really struggling with like, you know, you know, what's happening with my career, especially being, I was a young graduate, like, you know, recently out of uni, just thinking, where's my life going? What's happening? Blah, 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 that kind of thing. But honestly, for me, that was like hope, honestly, like in high places, <laughs> that's in someone is looking out for me. Like, what are the chances, right? Of, and London, Victoria is a huge place and it's a huge transit transitory places where you've got people coming from all over the country, going all over the country, people coming from outside the country, you've got travellers, you've got all sorts of people. So to me, it's like when I think of that story, it's like, what are the chances, right, that someone who was looking, someone who didn't even know me, bear in mind, was looking for me, and I just happened to be standing there, and because I'm very curious and because I like a nice juicy story, I happened to <laughs> lean over and realise that this person is holding possibly the two most important documents in my life. Um, it's, I know it's a really silly story, and I always say to my friend, like, if you weren't there, I wouldn't even believe that story like it's so kooky and so wacky out there but you know on a serious note what that represents for me is as I said that hope can be in high places like even at the times when for me anyway like I had no idea I felt like my life had no direction I was like what's going on it's it's hard to find a job as a graduate here you know in this in this crazy world of ours but it, honestly that for me just kind of centered me and made me realize that listen like there is someone out there like for me I believe that's God so I was like God you really looked out for me like I was, I, I had no idea that, you know, the two most vital documents in my life had gone missing. And yet, like, things just kind of came together for them to be handed to me on a silver platter. And I was like, well, first of all, I learned that it's really good to be curious and it's good to kind of, you know, <laughs> wonder what the police are doing when they're looking for someone. Um, but yeah, for real, honestly, as I said, it, it, it just really kind of brought home to me that sometimes, you know, when it does feel like things are, are, are crazy, things just don't make sense, it can all kind of come together in a really cool way. Um, so I often use that story just to remind me of um, when I'm feeling a bit low or directionless. It just reminds me that, as I said, there is hope in high places for me. That's really lovely. So you're saying that, that hope can be found. Actually, it's in it's in the small details that you look out for. Mm -hmm. Significant details like losing your passport. Very significant. <laughs> yeah. But but those moments where things just come together and it's not something yeah. you've done, they've yeah. you've just been looked after. Exactly, exactly. That's brilliant. That's a really lovely story. Thank you. Um, I know we're going to speak again. So thanks so much for your time today anyway, Ropa, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. And I should probably add as well, if anyone fancies sponsoring this challenge, then the sponsorship link, link can be found in the channel summary. <laughs>